Live Point, how are we doing today? Are y'all happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? I don't know about you, but I am ready for God to do a move in our hearts. And I'm just excited. I am a hyper Mexican, so I'm sorry about that, man. I'm just a little bit. Sister, Sister Sheldon is feeling that way. But I'm just so happy to be here today. I know that God is going to speak. And uh, I, I always, I always, this is a huge deal for me, the fact that I get to do this. And I just want to thank God first publicly. I just want to give him the honor that I, that I get to do this. Um, and, and it's a huge blessing. I also want to just give honor to my pastors that they believe in me and they trust me enough to do this. So we could just give them a round of applause to Pastor Rich and Pastor Jan. And I am just so stoked that I that I can I can bring this word today. Um, y'all look great. I love what Johnny said. You know that uh, you know even though there's a mess going on, y'all look great. You know, yeah. And <laughs> thank you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I, I just I don't know if you've been keeping up with this series on on on, on pack. The house, and it's just been absolutely incredible. I mean, we've been talking about different things, right? We talked about the temple. We talked about the mind. But today, Brother Mike, <laughs> we're going to talk about the heart. The heart. Packing the heart. And, and I think that it all comes down to this, that it's all a matter of the heart. The, the matter of the heart is the heart. And uh, I got a, I just got a, I got a, a heart story. Is, is it cool if I share with you a heart story? So I'm really squeamish with blood. I am the worst person. Like if you're bleeding, like I'm going to pray for you at a distance. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But, but I, I'm just really, really squeamish with blood. And, and when my, my wife was pregnant with my firstborn, we were in the hospital and the time had come for her to give birth. And uh, obviously, I try to wiggle myself out of that situation, but my mother-in-law and my grandmother made me be there. You know, it's like, no, you did that. Now you deal with that, right? <laughs> it's like, you deal. Okay, so um, the day finally came, and uh, the baby had a heart monitor. I didn't know you can monitor a heart's baby while they're still in the womb. Blew my mind. And, and, and the doctor started feeling a little bit anxious and worried because he realized that my baby's heart rate was coming down. He was, he was dying, and he got worried. So he started to do everything he could to just speedy up the process of getting him out, you know, and, and for him to, to be with us. But things weren't happening, and what was happening was that the umbilical cord was choking him out. He was stuck. Now I'm there with my wife, and my wife is really... Like, she has a really strong mind. Like, that girl is tough. Like, like straight up tough. Like, I, like, like, it, like, even for stomach flus, I get the stomach flu really easily. Like, I can eat, like, a cracker, and it'll make me feel sick. And she could eat the worst thing, like, in the world, and she'll be fine. Like, she's like, it's no biggie. It's great. It tasted good. Just add a little bit of hot sauce to it, and you're good. Right? <laughs> but she's a tough lady. And, and that day, you know, I'm with her, and I'm all like, come on. Come on, baby, push, you can do this. And easy for me to say, right? You got this. You can do it. And for a moment, I saw fear in her eyes. To this day, it still kind of shakes me up a little bit. And tears started rolling down her face, and she said, I can't. Right there in that moment, it's all a matter of the heart. I just felt an encouragement from the Lord 
And I told her, in the name of Jesus, you're delivering this baby. I don't know what happened. There was blood going on. There was scissors and needles everywhere. But I was all like, Lord, we're going to do this. And girl, you're going to push. And you're going to bring this baby. And we're going to have an incredible time with this kid. And we're going to be happy. But push in the name of Jesus. And my baby was born. And he was fine. What I'm trying to tell you is that it, it starts with the heart. I was encouraged by the Lord and I was able to encourage my wife and then my heart, my, my, my baby's heart was able to live to tell about it. It all starts in the heart. The name of my message for this series today is called Heart Transplant. Heart Transplant. And I, I want to first give you a quick definition on the word transplant and that, and that means to move or transfer something to another place or situation Typically with some effort or upheaval. I want you to remember this word, upheaval. Super important. You know, and I just declare that God is going to start transplanting things into your heart. You know, that whatever it is that you've thirsted for, lacked, or, or that you just felt you were a little bit empty on, I just declare right now that the Lord is going to start transplanting what you have been looking for because he can do it and he will do it. There's some, a scripture in Psalms and, 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 and it's funny because David, it's a Davidic psalm, so that means David wrote the psalms, the man that was according to God's very own heart. He wrote the psalms, and it's in Psalms 139, and I call it a CT scan scripture. Yeah, I don't know what a CT scan is. is when they take a picture of your heart and your lungs and all that. It's, it's, it's a pretty incredible thing. But it's in Psalms 139, 23 to 24, and I'm going to read it to you really quick. And it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. It's a powerful scripture. See, I don't know how you came today. I don't know how you crossed those doors today with what thoughts, with what burdens you came in. But I do know this is that the heart surgeon is in session and nobody has died on his operating table. He is still operating healing. Heal is, he's still operating new beginnings. He is still operating the things that you mostly need. He's still doing it. The doctors of doctors is in session. I was reading about heart. Uh, people that are waiting on a, on a heart transplant, and, and there's a six-month waiting list. And it's crazy because if you think about it, it's a terminal thing, and you don't know if you're going to live to tell about it. You, you, you don't know if your name is going to be on that list, and maybe it's your last day. But isn't it wonderful to know that God had you in his mind today? And the fact that you can be here is that he designed this day for you because he wanted to speak something into your heart, not caring how bad it is or how sad or how dire the situation may be, God is still wanting to do something in your heart. I am excited for what he's going to speak today. In the Old Testament, there was a focus on the transgression, on the crime. Meaning you could hate somebody as long as you didn't kill them. Because murder was the sin, right? Murder was the crime. So it was okay for you to hate someone as long as you didn't kill him. But I love how in the New Testament this guy named Jesus comes along. And he just brings this amazing revelation that it's from the inside out. Meaning that if you already hate somebody, it's like if you killed them already. And that's so crazy because Jesus was just so detailed and he was already taking care of our hearts since then. 
Jesus was just making it happen. Jesus brought a revelation. You know that the heart is cited 826 times in the New King James Version Bible. And the brain isn't. Not that the brain isn't important, but I just feel that the Bible really is big on the heart. The heart. Because what is the heart? You know, the Bible uses the word heart primarily to refer to the ruling center of the whole person. So I don't want you to ask yourself today, how is my heart doing? How is my ruling center doing today? That that is ruling inside of you. That that makes the decisions. That, 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 that thing that pushes you to say things, to think things. That that motivates your actions. How is that thing doing today inside of you? I love this story. It's in Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 32. And it's, it's a parable. It's a story that Jesus is saying in this very diverse audience. There's Pharisees, Jews, and Gentiles. And, and Jesus begins to give a story about three hearts. Three different hearts. And is, is it okay if I tell you the tale, if I tell you the story? Give you a little bit of context. So Jesus is sharing this story one day in front of different people. And he says, one day there was a son. And he was young. Dumb and broke. That's not in the scripture, so don't look it up. He was young, and he wanted his inheritance. And he one day goes up to the father and says, hey, give me what's mine. Give me my share. And the father agrees. He says, all right, son. I love you. Here it is. Here's your inheritance. The word says that this young man gets all his belongings, and he goes into a distant land. Goes to, you know, the Las Vegas at the day of the day. Don't look it up again, guys. There's people that will be looking for the word Las Vegas in the scripture. It's not there. But he goes and he splurges. He just completely ruins, like he wrecks his father's inheritance. He wastes it on, on just splurging on, on women and partying. And one day he just loses all his money and then there's a famine. There's a famine crossing the land. Not only can he not afford anything off the dollar menu, not that there's anything wrong with the dollar menu. I love the dollar menu. I got two kids, and God bless the chicken nuggets because they help out a lot. You know what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. There's a famine, and then there's no money to buy. Even if there was food, there's no money to buy food. And one day, this young man has like a revelation, and he says, oh, my God. The people at my father's house are living it up like they're eating like good. And here I am like I barely got a job taking care of some pigs and I got nothing to eat. Even what the pigs are eating look mighty good to me. I don't know if y'all know what Whataburger is. Just wanted to throw it out there, no? Y'all need to know Whataburger if y'all don't know. in and out has nothing on Whataburger. Just want to throw those two cents in there. <laughs> There's nothing to eat. And he says, man, that looks yummy. And, 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 and man, but everything at my father's house is so good. I got an idea. I'm going to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to run to my father's house, ask him for forgiveness, and ask if he will take me back. The scripture is so beautiful. The parable comes, keeps going that he goes to his father's house. The father sees him at a distance, runs towards him, hugs him, puts a ring on his finger, throws a party. And then there's another brother, the older one. And he wasn't very happy about this. You know, us Mexicans, we don't throw parties when our kids do something bad. Like we will slap them upside the head and then, and then, and then we'll talk about it. That's how we roll. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that this, this older son was just like thrown off by the action of his dad. And he says, hey, when have you made a barbecue for me and my friends? 
Like, I've served you. I've been here. I've been faithful to you. And the, and the father says something so incredible. He says, son, yes, you have been faithful to me. So everything that you see is yours. It's yours. But we got to rejoice because your baby brother was lost and now he's found. It's an incredible story. But we could just see different hearts developing you know what, I, 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 hate the, I hate going to the doctor, and I think a lot of us, right, I haven't heard of somebody that's like thrilled to go to the doctor, like, oh my God, I got a doctor's appointment, looking forward to it, like, it's great. Never heard of anything like that. But I think we hate going to the doctor because we fear that we might get bad news. But I've known this, that we got to hear the bad news first to get to the good news. And our good news is the gospel. The good news that we have, it's a refreshing thing. A blood that will restore us and renew us. I want to get into this quickly. There's a thing called coronary artery disease. And, and that deals with you having clogged arteries. Meaning you got too much cholesterol. You've been eating or drinking too much Dr. Pepper. You know. The Lord is dealing with me right now. I'm still on that gallon a day diet that Pastor has us on. So pray for us. But this story first deals with a diseased son. So my first point is called coronary prodigal disease. That which clogs your heart can pack your heart. That thing that you've been splurging on and, that, and probably I want to speak to the new people. If, if you've never been in church, welcome to church. We love you and we're happy you're here. Or maybe, just maybe you came and, and you haven't been here in a while and you're back. I'm just, I'm happy that, that you're here. You, you made your doctor's visit and the doctor's about to do something. He's about to put you on a good regimen to break down that cholesterol. But we can start seeing things here. And, and I love what Mark 2.17 says, that, that, that Jesus didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. So you made the list. We all made the list. The prodigal's heart is selfish. We can read in Luke 15.12, it says, the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. How disrespectful. See, because for a son to be asking for his inheritance before the father gave it to him implied that he was telling his father for him to die. Isn't that crazy? Our selfishness will push us, our ruling center, when there's, when there's selfishness in our ruling center, it'll push us to say things that we are definitely going to regret and we're going to hurt the ones around us. Watch your heart if it's selfish. The prodigal's heart was selfish. And we've been on that boat. But what I love about this is that the father's heart was selfless. That heart was selfless. The heart of the father was never to impose something on his son or convince him because he's a giving father. The word says that he agreed to give him the inheritance. He agreed to it. And that's the heart of the father. That, that doesn't have, he doesn't want to convince you. He wants you to figure it out for yourself and love him. Isn't that wonderful? He, like, he doesn't want you and me to be a robot. He doesn't want you and me to be just some type of, of, of thing that can't think for itself or, or love on its own. God is calling us to take, do the responsible thing. Take the regimen. Read our words. Pray and say, God, we love you and we choose to follow you to be selfless and not selfish. I can imagine the son, you know, really packing up his Nikes and his Adidas, you know, and living it up. Probably thinking that he was going to have a grand time, right? For a moment he did. But I, I, I saw this, that he had lost, he had lost the, the wonder in his heart. Going somewhere with this. It says in verse 13 through 14, soon after the younger son took all that he had been uh, given, 
he went to another country far away. There he spent all he had on wild and foolish living. When all his money was spent, he was hungry. There was no food in the land. See, when we lose the wonder in our hearts, we begin to wander, W-A-N-D-E-R. If we lose the wonder in our hearts, we're going to begin to wander. Hmm, what's out there? I'm going to go somewhere. If we start losing wonder in our significant other, believe me, you're going to start wandering. Find the wonder in everything that you do. you got to have that wonder. You've got to have that wonder. The prodigal's heart had no wonder, so he went far away. He wandered away. It's crazy to think that he had a father that was just so selfless and so loving, and he still said it's, it's not enough. You know, oftentimes we're like that. We get bored as easily, especially in this time of day when there's so much to see on Instagram and so much to post on Facebook and so much that's going on in our nation. Like, it's easy to get carried away and wandering away, but it's beautiful that the Father's heart is still waiting on us. I believe that the Father's heart was waiting still on his prodigal son. He was still waiting. He's still waiting. You know, maybe you were disappointed because God didn't answer a prayer according to your terms and it made you lose your wonder. See, I read this about the heart, that the most common day, and Charlie, you can like quote me on this because I know you're a nurse, bro, and you know what's up, like with the medical field. But that the most common day of the year for somebody to get a heart attack is on Christmas Day. It's crazy. It's beginning to look a lot like a heart attack, right? And I like Christmas, it's beginning to look a lot... Like, it's crazy. Like, the most common day, and, and I, I think I kind of, I, I make this conclusion. This is just my theory, okay? That it's just maybe that people aren't ready to, like, unpack the wonder that they've been waiting for. They have this gift, right? And it creates wonder in them. And, and, and maybe when they unpack it or when they get that car that they were maybe waiting for or wanting, they can't contain it because they weren't, they weren't ready for it. What if God hasn't answered something? What if God hasn't moved just quite yet because he doesn't want you to die in the process? Maybe he just wants you to wait a little bit more. Wait and pray a little bit more. Prepare yourselves and do not lose the wonder because the wonder is the magic sauce to it. I don't believe in magic, but I do believe in a Holy Spirit that uplifts everything within us. Don't lose the wonder. Keep praying in the waiting. The sun wandered far away, but I love this, that distance doesn't dictate paternity. You know, my son can be in another room. He can be in another state. My oldest son, for, for you that know him, like I've been told, like it looks like you just got copied and pasted, right? He can be very far from me, but people will still know, hey, that's his son. We can leave as prodigals. If you've been far from church and you just got back, if, if you haven't been here, let me tell you something that he's still your father and he's still faithful and he still wants to do something in your life. He is still faithful. The father's heart is full of wonder. It says in Matthew 18, 12, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the night and nine others on the hills and go out to search for the, for the lost one? That's crazy. It's wonderful. He will leave the night and nine. If I were to be lost, if I were to be far from home. The father's heart is so full of wonder that he says, I will go. I will leave the 99 for you because that's the wonderful thing to do. He leaves the 99. Ask yourself, have I lost the wonder? Now, how do prodigal son arteries become unclogged? <laughs> With repentance. We got to repent. Repentance is what? Making a decision and taking a new direction. 
It's saying, hey, I, I, I used to do this, but I'm not going to do it anymore because I know it offends God's heart. Although it may be hard, although it may be heavy, and it's about progression, not perfection, but I am moving in a different direction. Unclog your prodigal arteries and repent and follow Jesus. It's worth it. It is worth it. We've all been hurt, but I love how the purple reflects on the Father's heart and forgiveness. Now, there's something interesting in verse 15 that talks about how the son was far from his land and he had gotten a job caring for pigs. So I just want you to have that in mind. Verse 20 says, so he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. What a heart. He ran to him, embraced him, and, and kissed him. Now, theologians have made this observation According to Jewish custom, the pig is an unclean animal. Thank God for grace because I love chicharrones. <laughs> if y'all don't know, let me know and I will hook you up. Like, this young man had worked with pigs. He had touched them. But it's just crazy how the father's heart, right, how it is. He doesn't worry about him being ceremonially unclean. It says that he just put all those things aside. See, Jesus put all that law aside so he could embrace you now. It doesn't matter how you smell. It doesn't matter what mud you rolled in or what your background says or what your past chapter says. God is in the business of still doing and transforming miracles in people's hearts. Once you cross the door, get ready to encounter a love of the Father that is relentless and unstoppable. Who can give me a loud hallelujah for that? Come on, somebody. He embraces and kisses him. It didn't matter. It didn't. It didn't matter. I was. I was a youth pastor before I came back in Texas. I was a youth pastor, and we and we did outreach. That was a big thing. And we lived right next to Juarez, so there was there was a lot of outreach to be done. And one day we were in downtown El Paso, and I was preaching, and I was like, you know, yeah, the Father's love is here, and and He wants to embrace you. And and check this out. There's there, a homeless man came, and 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 he was he was dirty. He was he was he was just drunk. And I felt in my heart that I had to embrace him because that's the Jesus thing, right? That's what Jesus would have done. So I embrace this man and I start praying for him and I look at him and, and there's tears coming down his eyes. And see, all this time I thought I was doing him a favor by embracing him because I don't know when was the last time somebody had probably hugged him. But then God started doing something to me and he spoke to my heart that day and he said, son, maybe you've just been caught up with the Febreze in church. This is how my cross smelled. See, the thing is, is that we got to understand that the Father's heart is that that embraces those that aren't supposed to be embraced. It's time, church. It's time that we embrace the prodigals that are coming in. It's time that we start embracing that that nobody else would embrace. How many of you believe this? We need to have that Father's heart of forgiveness. Our heart has to be packed with forgiveness and also the ability to ask for forgiveness. To say sorry. Romans 8.39 says, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. The father ran towards his son. And there's something about culture and this parable. And people that study the Bible have also looked into this. And, 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 and I was reading on this commentary where it says... If the father ran towards his son, then that must imply something. 
that he had to raise his tunic to be able to run towards his son. Now, for a Jewish man in that time, a Middle Eastern Jewish man to run, that would mean that he would have to expose his leg to put up his robe to it. And that would expose his leg and that's something shameful. But isn't that wonderful that the Father's heart doesn't have any shame for us? He'll pick up his robe. He'll run towards us, exposing probably things that others shouldn't be seeing, but those are his glory things. And he embraces us and touches us and renews us and restores us. That should be our heart, that which has no shame, that says, hey, I'm running after the lost one. That's the Father's heart. I'm running after the lost one. It's humiliating, according to many, but the Father did not care. He was unapologetic when it came to forgiveness. Let's be unapologetic when it comes to forgiveness. And I, and I love how in verse 22 he says he put a ring on him. And, and see the ring meant authority. And it meant the family, um, uh, the family crest. The fact that somebody would put a ring on you, that, mean, that meant that you could sign checks. Because they would use wax and you can now sign checks. Isn't that crazy? Second, third, fourth chances. The father's heart is to give more chances. And people are going to mess up in your life and they're going to hurt your feelings. But we got to keep on putting rings on them. Our job isn't to like, like justify them or anything. It's just to honor those people and pray for them. Pray for the people that hurt you. I want to challenge you this week. That whatever situation messed with you, put a ring on it. Because he liked, he liked it so he put a ring on it for all you fans. If you know, if you know, you know. He liked it so he put a ring on it. And I'm grateful for that ring. Because I have that authority. And guess what? You have that authority. That authority is within you. God is so good. He's all about friends and family. <laughs> and John 15, 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. God, the father, is not taking employees. He's taking sons back. He's not taking employees. Transplant hope and healing into your heart today. And, you know, we always tend to focus on this one son because it's a beautiful story. The prodigal that got lost. But there was another one. There was the other son. The son that had stayed home. And I, and I really feel that sometimes we can identify ourselves a little bit more, especially us people that come to church and we serve maybe or, or that we're regulars, you know, the church goers. I really identified myself with this second son many times. You know, there's a thing called small heart syndrome. I didn't know it was a thing. It's a thing. It's when your heart can't keep up with your body basically. And there's a lot of fatigue in it. And, and I, I believe that the second son was dealing with this small heart syndrome. And that's my second point, small heart syndrome. See, because there's also prodigals in church. Prodigals can exist in church. Just because we come to church doesn't mean we are in church. Just because we raise our hands doesn't mean that we're doing something else, that we're not supposed to with our hands out there. Just because we're in church, it doesn't mean that we're in church. And maybe your heart has been bumped here and there. And you come to church and you say, you know what, I'm going to just from far away. I'm going to say hi to people. I'm going to serve from far away because they got hurt in here. See, that's so tragic when your heart is hurt in church. But it's a very real thing. We ain't perfect. We ain't perfect. Our, our pastors aren't perfect. I'm not perfect. We, we, we strive to live a godly life, an honorable godly life. But we are not perfect. Do not put your hopes and dreams in us. Put them in the Lord because he's faithful and he remains. 
But if you have gone through a heartbreak, it's okay, you're home. The Father's still home. And he still has something for you. He hasn't forgotten about you. In Luke 15, 25 through 26, it says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. You know, that's crazy when to know that you have a house and you don't even know what's going on in your house. Like he had to ask the servant, hey, what's going on? Like why is all this music going on? Why is this, all this praise going on? Like, like what happened? Do you know what's going on in your house? Do you know what's going on in the universal house? Because if you think that everything is okay and it's cool and dandy, it's really not. Right now, there's got to be people fasting, praying, and lifting up God's flag, especially for how the world is just kind of turning out. We need to pray. We need to fast. If we are disconnected from that, we got to put our hearts on check. Was a disappointment that probably made you feel rejected or made you be pushed aside. See, I'm a very tough dad. I'm, I'm, I'm very tough with my kids, like super tough. Like my grandma, she was here for a couple of months. The last thing she said, Sister Barbara, was just please don't get on their case so much. I was all, Grandma, I love you too. I'm going to miss you. Please, please don't spank. I'm like, grandma, it's going to be good. You know, it's going to be good. Don't worry. I'm a tough dad. The thing is, is that. I know that hurt is a very real thing. It's not about being weak. Heartbrokenness can happen in church also. But I believe that there's healing also for that. See, the thing is that the enemy knows that disappointment can turn to dissolution and ultimately division. He wants to divide you out of the equation. He wants to divide you out of the equation. I didn't know that being brokenhearted was also a syndrome. I guess everything is a syndrome now. But, like, there, when, when you're in a deep place of broken heartedness, you can have similar symptoms of a heart attack. It's crazy. It's time for God to heal you. Let the Father's heart heal your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your, your hearts, for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do, church, flows from it. I went old school today. I usually use an iPad. I'm like, nah, I'm putting it on paper because this does not fail. <laughs> does not fail. So sorry if I'm flipping through pages. Protect your heart. Now, the thing number two that I noticed in this part of the scripture was that there was dancing and music, meaning that there was praise. A godly packed heart, it's going to be full of praise. And, and, it's, and it's crazy because I have seen pastor like worship, like this is the splash zone, that's what I call. Have you ever been to SeaWorld, right? When Shamu would like do this and like that was a splash zone. Like that's the splash zone. If pastor's there, you're going to get splashed. Because he's like, ah. pastor's the bomb, I love him. Pastor, if you're watching, I love you, pastor. You're awesome. <laughs> but I could see that, that really when, you're, when, you're, when your heart is packed by God, there's a praise. You just can't contain it, man. It's just like, ah, I feel it in my, you know. And, and I got no rhythm. So I want to challenge you this, that when you feel sadness in your heart, avoid a heartbreak with a praise break. Avoid a heartbreak with a praise. Just, oh, my God, I don't know why I'm doing this, man. I got really bad news, but, Lord, I know you're going to answer. Look, do it. Get into a praise break every time that there's bad news and be sure that the good news are coming. Get into that praise break because he's good. He's faithful. He remains 
The older son is complaining and then the father's heart is just so consistent. Luke 15, 31 says that the father said, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. Maybe you feel that God forgot about you. He has not forgotten about you. Be grateful. There's no better memory that can be brought with a grateful heart. See, when you're going through a tough situation, always remember what everything you have. Remember that you were in a tougher situation probably six years ago. Probably you've been going through some things at, at home. But, but just remember when the Lord pulled you out of your addiction. Maybe, maybe you, you feel that the Lord hasn't answered things on time. Just remember that point when your marriage was falling apart and he made a way where there was no way. It's time to be grateful. Every time that the enemy tries to knock on your door, be grateful. Rest in the Lord. Rest in what he's doing. Now, when it comes to having a spiritual heart transplant, there's no cutting corners. And literally, like when you're having a heart transplant, I'd be worried if my doctor would be trying to take, like, shortcuts. Fire that doctor in the name of Jesus. Fire him. <laughs> right? Do not cut corners on me. This is the same deal when it comes to this. No, no, no corners can be cut. Now, remember that word I told you to remember at the beginning? Upheaval. The meaning of upheaval is a violent su or sudden change or disruption to something. See, when we're going to have spiritual heart surgery, perfectly healthy tissue has to be cut. Mm. All that you've gained, all the trophies that you've put up, they got to be cut. And then your sternum has to be broken. Your, 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 this chest plate that you have here has to be broken. And then your heart is exposed. Exp exp exploded. Exposed. There is no cutting corners to these things. Deuteronomy 10.16 says, circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. Church, let's take off our masks. Let's stop acting like if we got it all figured out. We don't. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. It says, circumcise my heart. Cut it, God. You know, there's this interesting thing about um, giraffes. Yeah, you heard it right, giraffes. Like the long-necked giraffes. There's something really interesting about it. And the thing about the giraffe is that it has a, it has a long neck, but it requires for it to have a big heart in order for it to power that neck. Now, the heart of a human being weighs between 10 and 12 ounces. I found a Campbell's soup. I stole it. But... The heart of a giraffe weighs about 25 pounds, 20 to 25 pounds. The heart of a turtle is this big, a double bubble. The thing is, is that something, sometimes we're asking God for the big things in life. I stole my wife's uh, flour for tortillas. I'm Mexican and I roll like that. It's all good. She's going to kill me. Sometimes we want the vision of a giraffe with the heart of a turtle. Mm. Sometimes we want that God vision, we want that God dream, but it doesn't have anything sustainable. How's your heart doing? And the thing about it is, is that it's a 25-pound heart, and in fact, it's lopsided. It's not perfect, but it's efficient. A lot of us sometimes are getting caught up in the things of life trying to show something that's going to be 
not efficient. It works, but it's not efficient. God is calling us to have a heart. Although the, it is lopsided, it is efficient. And you know what? 25 pounds weigh. It costs a price, church, to have a heart this size. But know this, that God is with you and carrying that heart. It is packed by him. I don't know if you've been tired. I don't know if you've been throwing, going, going through some hard things. Maybe people have hurt your feelings and you say, well, it's because of this big heart that I have. God, why do I have it? Because God wants you to have his vision. God wants you to have his dreams. God wants you to have his goals. But it's going to cost you. You got to carry that heart, brother Mike. You got to carry it. And oftentimes we don't want to deal with it. We want the things, but we don't want the heart. I declare that LPC walks out of here with a big, huge heart. That it doesn't matter how heavy it is. That if it's been broken, it gets healed. That if you've been questioning things, God begins to operate those miracles today. Carry your heart. 25-pound heart. God bless the giraffes. I totally intercepted this. My wife ordered it from Walmart, and I intercepted it. Galatians 6.9 says, so let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest blessing if we don't give up. See, the enemy, come on, somebody. The enemy is trying to put us in cardiac arrest. But Jesus arrested him 2,000 years ago. He is still in control. He is still faithful. He hasn't been paralyzed. He's alive, active, and willing to do something in our hearts today. I got a heart story, and this is, I'm going to finish up with this. When I was born, 33 years ago, if you, want, if you want me to tell you how old I am, I'm 33. Birthday's on July the 1st, size medium. No, I'm just kidding. I'm messing with you. When I was born... My mama held me in her arms, and that same day, they told her I had six months to live. It was like, well, congratulations. There's, there's two things that we want to tell you. Yes, it's a boy, but he's not healthy. He's going to die in six months. I don't know if in the 80s they were lacking some info. Or I, don't, I don't know what was happening. but And they told my mom, so enjoy him as much as you can and then start making plans for a funeral. Isn't that incredible? Have you ever felt like that, that, that you've been waiting for something for so long and, and, it, and it seems to be that you're finally getting there and it's like if they pull the rug out of your feet and you're like, God, but you promised me this. Have you ever felt like that? God, you said you were there. God, where were you? And my mom held me and, and she would tell me this story. And, and coincidentally, she would tell me this story when I was wandering off. She would always remind me of this story. And she said, I had you. And that night I prayed. And I told the Lord, Lord, if you're going to take them, that's fine. Take them. If it's your will, take them. That's, that's fine. But if you leave him, he's going to serve you. But if you leave him, you're going to use his life. And it just, you know, it stuck to me. And that same night, she said that there was a nurse that, that, was, that walked into her room and, and obviously, you know, was taking vitals and, 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 and just checking, you know, her heart rate. And 
And, and, she's, and this, this nurse told her, hey, hey, can I pray for you, ma'am? And my mom was so heartbroken. And she said, yes, please pray for me. And the man prayed over my mom's life. And, and the next morning, she was just moved. There was a joy inside of her life. And she wanted to know who this nurse was. So she uh, asked the morning nurse, hey, uh, there was this uh, young man that came and, and prayed for me. And, and he checked my vitals. And it was great. But, but I want to know his name. And the nurse looked at her like if she was crazy. She was like, woman, what are you talking about, woman? Like, there's no female nurses in the night. There's no, there's no male nurses. It's, it's, all, it's all females. And my mom instantly knew that God had visited her that night. Whether it was an angel, whether it was, I don't know what it was. The thing is, is that God is going to show up when you need him to. He's still doing miracles. And I know that our church is going to start going into the deep things of God. Don't get scared. God is going to start dealing with our hearts. And he's going to start to do incredible, tremendous things through your life. And it's not the great things. It's just those things, the fact that we can go up there, out there and love our neighbors. That's the heart. Know this, that the church is not a monument. It's a movement. And a monument is a statue Oh, but a movement has a beating heart. Stand to your feet. I declare beating hearts today. And if you were a prodigal and you weren't here in a while and you want to accept Jesus as your one and only Savior, we're going to pray over you. And if you've been in church and maybe you weren't feeling things and, and you feel that the Lord spoke today to you, we're also going to pray for you. And I just want to give you these heart guards before praying. We're going to cut down on our spiritual cholesterol. The first thing, examine yourself. Just like Psalm says, examine yourself. How is my heart doing, God? Test it, God. The next thing, repent. If there has been things that you got to repent for, it's not too late. You made it. There is hope. There is time. How is your altar? Check it. The next thing, don't lose your wonder. Take care of the wonder that you have in your heart. The next thing, forgive. This week, if there's been things, or last week that hurt you, I want to motivate you to forgive. Forgive. Don't compare yourself to others. See, this world is so ready to put you on a balance. Stop comparing yourself. You have paternity with the Father's heart. That's the only paternity you got to worry about. And stay grateful. The enemy fears grateful hearts. I love what C.H. Spurgeon said. He said, have your heart right with Christ and he will visit you often. And so turn weekdays into Sundays, meals into sacraments, homes into temples, and earth into heaven. Mm. Let's do that, church. Let's turn our hands to the heavens and let's pray. Father God, thank you, God, for this moment where we can encounter you, Lord. Father, because you've been waiting on us, God. We could never find you. We could never, Father God, discover you, but you, Lord, you made yourself discoverable, God. You made yourself obvious, and you found us, Lord. God, we ask you for forgiveness if we failed you, God. Lord, we ask you for forgiveness if we've been selfish, if we've been caught up with the things of this world, God. Because we're not of this world, Lord. 
God, I thank you for everything that you're doing, God. And I want to ask you for the prodigals, God. If there's somebody here today that wants to accept Jesus in their heart, Father, Lord, this very moment, begin to operate that heart transplant. Begin to transplant salvation, a new beginning, Father God, and a new direction in life. We declare new things, God, on those prodigal hearts. God, we ask you, God, for every person that is here today, Father, Lord, if there's been hurt, if there's been a loss of wonder, God, and, and they've wandered, if, Father, they've lost their worship, if they've lost their praise, God, return to rejoice today, Lord. Give them a joyful heart one more time, Lord. We thank you, God, for what you're doing because we can still see your moving hand, God. And we know that you're still in control and we will not die on the operating table. We won't bleed to death because your son bled for us. Oh, but he came back the third day. Jesus, thank you. We give you everything, Lord, all praise and all glory. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Give them a big hand praise if there's gratefulness in your heart. He's so good. I want to thank you for coming out today. Because I know that the week can get crazy and it can get heavy. But you made it. And, and, and I know that God is going to begin to operate things in your life this new week. Thank you so much. Receive a lot of love from our pastors. We love you. Pastor Vic loves you. Him and his bandana, they love you. And why don't we uh, finish up with the benediction, our prayer of the church. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you all. We love you so much. Take care.